Hey everybody, welcome back to Investing with Wesley. In my last episode, I explained to you why investing in real estate was such a good investment and why everyone should strive to at least get one or two investment properties. In this video, I'm gonna to talk to you about how to structure those investments. Let's get into it. So probably one of the first things people do when they decide they want to invest in real estate and they actually get a piece of property to invest in. Typically what they'll do is they'll buy that piece of property in their own name and then rent it out to a tenant and collect the profits, whether they use a property management company or not, and just kind of go through the motions that way. Although this is the easiest way to invest in real estate, this is also one of the most dangerous and risky ways to invest. Now, investing in real estate this way is risky for two reasons. The first one is anyone, including your tenant, can figure out who owns that piece of property just by looking at the county tax assessor's website. And this is risky just simply because if you have a disgruntled tenant or maybe a past tenant that you had to evict, or if anything negative happens, they can easily find out who owns that property, find who you are, and then make it their mission to just ruin you. They could either post a bunch of different things on social media that can either damage your reputation or just straight harass you. And yes, there's ways to solve this like temporary restraining orders and other lawsuits, but all of these things are extremely expensive and time consuming. It's better to just not let them know who you are or who owns this property in general. The second risk with having investment properties in your own name is liability reasons. If something happens and you get sued or your business, in this case, real estate investing gets sued, because your real estate investing business is a sole proprietorship and it's in your own name, you open yourself up for extreme liabilities when it comes to creditors. As an example, if a tenant gets hurt on your property, they could actually sue you. And because it's a sole proprietorship or in your own name, not only can they sue the business that is you, but because the government sees a sole proprietorship as you and the business as the same thing, whoever's suing your business also has access to any of your personal assets. So there are zero protections when it comes to investing in real estate in your own name. Now this video is about properly structuring those investments. So what can you do to mitigate these risks? Well, number one is get that property out of your own name. As I talked about in a previous episode, there are numerous business entities out there that you could use instead of your own name that is a sole proprietorship. You could use a partnership, an LLC, an S-Corp, a C-Corp, even a trust is better than having it in your own name. Because all of these different entities that I just listed out are considered different from you, the individual. The most common way that I help my clients structure their real estate investing or give advice on how to is to set up an LLC for your real estate investing. But a lot of people still make mistakes when it comes to real estate investing using their LLC. An LLC is considered a separate entity and anything inside that LLC is at risk to that LLC being sued. What a lot of people don't understand about structuring their real estate investments in a single LLC like this is that if all of your properties are inside this one LLC and one of your tenants sues your LLC, their creditor has access to anything that is inside that LLC. Sure, all your personal assets are protected because you and an LLC are considered separate. But if you have five or six homes all inside one LLC and one of those homes goes south with the lawsuit, all your other homes are at risk because they're all inside this one LLC. The solution to this, although it's a little bit more expensive, is to set up an LLC for each individual property that you're renting out. So if you have five different rental properties, then you need to also have five different LLCs with one rental property in each LLC. That way the only asset inside each of these LLCs for creditors to come after is the one asset that that particular tenant was staying in. They have no access to any of your other rental properties or any of your personal property because everything is locked away into individual LLCs. 
Okay, so now that we have all of our different real estate locked up in their own LLCs, we've effectively lowered that liability risk almost to zero. Because anyone suing me has zero access to my LLCs, and anyone suing any one of these LLCs has zero access to me or the other LLCs. So everything is locked up in its own individual box. But we still don't really have full anonymity. Sure, if someone goes to the county recorder's office and search up your property address, they'll see that an LLC owns that property and it's not you. But if you go onto the Secretary of State's website, you can actually search up who the owner of all these LLCs is. So if I had a piece of property in California that I was renting out under the name of an LLC, you could easily go into the Secretary of State's website, type in the name of that LLC that you got from the county's office, and search up their original articles of organization. And in these articles will typically be things like who started this LLC. So you really don't have anonymity when it comes to this structure, you just have really good liability protection. What can you do to solve this anonymity problem? Well, as silly as it sounds, we're gonna set up another LLC. And this LLC is either going to be filed in Nevada, Wyoming, or Delaware. Now, Delaware has different lending rules, so it's really only recommended if you're gonna do large commercial properties. We're talking five plus units per property. But if you're not engaging in commercial real estate, then those protections that Delaware LLCs offer really don't even matter, and you should go with either Wyoming or Nevada. Now, the reason I say one of these three states LLCs is because they have anonymity protection. As an example, when you set up an LLC in Wyoming, they don't ask you who the owner of this LLC is. They just ask you what the name is, how it's structured, how it's gonna be taxed, and so on. So for the sake of this example, I'm gonna create my holding LLC in Wyoming. And I'm gonna have this holding LLC be the owners of all the other LLCs that I set up that I put the real estate properties into. So if I have a piece of property in California that someone's trying to find who owns it, They'll go to the county recorder's office, see that it's owned by an LLC in California, and then they'll search up that LLC's name in the California Secretary of State's website. Well, when they search up that name, it's gonna say that the owner of that LLC is a Wyoming LLC. And then when they go on the Wyoming Secretary of State website to search up that LLC to find who owns that, it dead ends because the Wyoming Secretary of State doesn't collect your name as the owner. So just to help you understand it a little better, I'll put an image up on the screen explaining my example. Here we have five different boxes, each a different LLC. In all of these LLCs, we have an individual piece of real estate. The owner of all these LLCs is a holding LLC that you're the owner of. And this holding LLC is set up in either Nevada, Wyoming, or Delaware. Delaware strictly if you're gonna be investing in commercial properties. And the reason we set up our real estate investing in this kind of structure with a holding LLC is because you have multiple different kinds of protections from every angle. You have multiple LLCs that have your real estate in them, so if any of these LLCs get sued, all your other LLCs are protected from those creditors. And likewise, if you personally get sued, your creditors have no access to any of the assets located in any of these LLCs because they're considered separate entities. Now, when it comes to actually setting up these LLCs, it's better for you to start where you're at and expand out than trying to work back in. Well, what I mean is that it's actually better for you to have your holding LLC as the very first LLC you ever create then have all these other LLCs and then buy properties with your second, third, fourth, and fifth, and so on's LLCs. And this is because if you do it the other way, where you set up an LLC for your real estate investing and then try and capture some anonymity by putting that inside of a different LLC, in certain states, the Secretary of State will record that action. So anyone searching will be able to see that, yes, right now it's currently owned by a Wyoming LLC, but it used to be owned by you or somebody else. There used to be an owner by 
by this particular name. So in order to guarantee total anonymity, your very first LLC you should ever create should be in Wyoming, Nevada, or Delaware, and that should be your holding LLC. Then in any other state you want to invest in, you should set up an LLC in that state. And when you're setting that LLC up, say that the owner of that LLC is your Wyoming LLC. That way there is no way they can dig real deep and find who the owner of all these LLCs are. Now, if after watching this video, you're gung-ho to set up your first LLC and actually get started, before you do that, please either message me on my Instagram account or leave a comment down below because there's certain potholes when setting up your very first holding LLC that you could fall into that could ruin your anonymity. As an example, when you're setting up this LLC, it's going to ask you who your registered agent is and who the organizer is. If you just happen to live in Wyoming and can act as your own registered agent, it is highly ill-advised for you to put that you'll be your own registered agent because now your name is on that document and they have some sort of way to track you down. If you put that you're the organizer of this LLC, they can actually see who the organizer is. They can't see who the owner is. That's why it's always best to pay someone or ask someone else to be the organizer of your LLC. That way when they look into this LLC, they see a name that is not yours. So it's these minor trip ups that you have to be careful of when setting up your own LLC and doing it all by yourself. Another thing you really need to take some counsel on is how each of your LLCs will be managed. How I structure my real estate investing is that my holding LLC is a manager managed LLC, while all my other LLCs that my properties are actually in is a member managed LLC. And this basically means exactly what it sounds like. The person or entity that manages all the LLCs that my real estate investing is conducted through is my Wyoming LLC. So it is managed by the members of those LLCs because those LLCs that the properties are actually held in, my holding LLC is the only member of those LLCs. So those are member managed. But I want to remain in full control of my business even when there's other investors helping me out. This is why your holding LLC should be a manager managed LLC because all the decisions being made are by the manager, which you could appoint as anyone. In this case, you should appoint it as yourself. So even if you have 10 other people joining alongside of you and you have a multi-member business going on, you are still in full control and the other people are just along for the ride. Now, when it comes to structuring your real estate investing and, and forming all these different LLCs, there's a lot more to it than what I've already mentioned, but unfortunately I've run out of time in recording today and now I have to start editing. So if you have any questions, feel free to like, subscribe, and leave a comment and I'll gladly answer those questions. I'll also continue to make videos on proper structuring so I can get all all the info out to you guys in the future. If you got value from this video, please remember to like and subscribe because it really helps the YouTube algorithm get this channel out there so that I can help educate more people. As I mentioned earlier, I also have a dedicated Instagram account. I don't post there too often, but that'd probably be the best way to get a hold of me in the event that you had a question because it's a lot easier to answer a question in the organized fashion of Instagram or Facebook Messenger than it is to siphon through all these different YouTube comments. But however you want to do it, the choice is yours, and I'll see you in the next episode.